When the NCAA tournament began, our attention was on all these different teams like Alabama and Purdue and Houston and Kansas and Duke and UCLA and Marquette. And all of those teams let us down. But you know who was great? UConn. From start to finish, they were unstoppable. They separated themselves from every other team. And in the end, they were clearly the best team in the country. Even though, initially, we overlooked their greatness. Oftentimes in life, you and I have our attention on all these other things that we think will be great in our lives. It'd be great to have money. It'd be great to have this and that. And we think that those things will deliver, that they will satisfy. But ultimately, we realize they let us down. And in the end, the only one who delivers, who's the best, who separates from every other idol, it's the God of the universe. And so the question is, we finally recognize UConn's greatness. Do we recognize God's? Let's unpack it. This is the Unpacking It podcast, where we relate big sports stories to life and biblical truths. Our mission is to challenge, encourage, and inspire you to follow Jesus and become more like him with sports conversations that truly matter. That's what I'm talking about! Coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, I just want to thank you guys one last time for being here. The best day ever. Here is the president of Unpacketed Ministries, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack parallels, metaphors, and topics in sports that relate to life and faith. I'm Bryce Johnson with Luke Heaton, and we are fired up for today's episode as we unpack UConn becoming national champions. We'll take a look back at what I thought was an Awesome, unbelievable NCAA tournament. It, it delivered as it always does, and, and it was fun. It's always sad when it ends, though. You know, we get the, the one shiny moment, and then everything ends, and now we think about next season. But we will reflect back on UConn's domination, their greatness, and how they proved to be the best team in the country, hands down. And so how does that relate to life and faith? We'll unpack it today and really appreciate you being a part of the show. We always appreciate your feedback and responses. You can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. I always appreciate when I see people that, that listen to the podcast. The encouragement always means a lot to me, so I appreciate all of you that uh, you know who you are. So, so thank you. Thanks for the texts and, and all the feedback. Those of you watching on social media, you can leave your comments uh, wherever you're watching, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube as well. Uh, thanks to everybody that listens to the podcast later on, everywhere podcasts are found. Our website is unpackingit.com. Be sure to subscribe to our Monday, Wednesday, Friday devotional. We've been heavy on March Madness. We'll shift gears to, to the Masters, then the NBA playoffs, the NFL draft. So there's always a lot going on in the sports world, and we relate it to the Bible and, and our own lives uh, in written form, email form, and you can subscribe for free on unpackingit.com. We're brought to you by Sugar Creek Coffee. SugarCreekCoffee.com. Use the promo code UNPACK. Uh, my wife and I, one of us was going to order it. I, I think hopefully Jody orders the, the latest uh, edition of Sugar Creek for our house. Uh, I think we're going a little bit darker 
this time. I usually like a lighter roast. Jody likes a darker roast. I'm going to let her win this time around. But we're also going to order two bags. So Chris at Sugar Creek Coffee was saying, hey, it's better to order two bags because you're paying for that type of shipping anyway. Uh, and so you got to do two. Two bags, sugarcreekcoffee.com. It's delicious. They don't roast until you actually place an order. So you can be assured that it's the freshest roasted coffee and it's delivered to your door, sugarcreekcoffee.com. All right, Luke, the NCAA tournament is over. One of my least favorite teams is the champion once again, and uh, their fifth time, UConn, got it done. I was pulling hard for San Diego State. I got, I got very giddy and excited when they cut it to five. I thought it was possible, but in the end, UConn, their greatness shined through, and they were unstoppable. Yeah, it's, it's hard to believe the tournament's over. It's always a kind of a mourning period for me. Like I, uh, Madeline didn't watch the end of the game, but I was, as I was getting ready for bed, I was telling her, I'm like, my favorite sporting event every year is now over. And that's just hard to, hard to process. I, I love it so much. It is weeks of absolute madness, filling out the joy when the bracket comes out, you talk with your buddies, you fill out brackets, you do the unpacking it bracket challenge. Then it's Congrats down to Henry. To- Henry won it. Henry won our Henry our with the talent. dub. I will say, if Texas would have gone to the Final Four, I would have won after the Elite Eight. I would have been uh, in first place after the Elite Eight. But they didn't, Luke. But they, they didn't. didn't. I know. A, lo- a lot of what-ifs. But the point is, it's such a great tournament. It delivers no matter who's in the Final Four. Uh, it was... I-, I was pleased that San Diego-, San Diego State made it a game in the second half. I was concerned that it was potentially going to be a blowout. But like you said, when they cut it to five, heart rate went up a little bit. Is this really going to happen? So it, it was the whole tournament was absolutely incredible. It, it was. And I, I fell in love with San Diego State. I absolutely loved the way they played. It was so tough. It was so hard. They never gave up. But UConn, their size, it was just too much. They, San Diego State could never get any good looks. And even, even like close to the rim, there, there was always such tough defense. The, UConn was so tall, the size, the strength. It was just too much for San Diego State. But the, the way that they San Diego State played throughout this tournament mm-hmm. was memorable, impressive. It, this tournament wasn't about individual players. This was about teams and playing together. And we could do a whole podcast on, on that and the value of, of, of that. But that's really what I saw night in, night out. And I was talking to my brother yesterday, and he's like, ah, oh, you know, I don't know. This, this tournament, not, not, that, not that great. And I was like, no, you're wrong. I totally disagree. Don't buy that narrative. Yeah. This isn't, yeah. It's not necessarily driven by the stars of, of yesteryear where we, we love tournaments and it was the big names and all that kind of thing. And you kind of had some, some studs, no question about it. Yeah. But overall, this tournament was about teams that played together, played hard, and defense won out. Ultimately, defense won out. I know UConn, oh, it's all about their offense. No, their defense was unbelievable Monday night. Yes, and what they did to San Diego State, what San Diego State had been doing to teams all tournament long. Because watching (laughs) San Diego State not allow teams to get to the rim, no easy buckets. And then now UConn with, oh, yeah, they got a couple, they've got some uh, NBA draft picks. Look at all the points they can score. Look at all the three-point shooting. Well, look at their defense. You can't (sighs) score against them. No. It was it was so impressive. And we, it, yeah. 
Well, Go 10 ahead. minutes. San Diego State could score 10 11 minutes. minutes. It, it, 11 it was minutes. A, it was a difficult reminder game. of my Aggies this year, how many stretches oh. there were with 10 or 11 minutes without scoring. Uh, before we forget, we do have to shout out one of the best things about March Madness is one shining moment. Staying on the CBS coverage after Jim Nance's last March Madness, which is kind that's of right. something that's being under-discussed. Um, but, you know, my, te- my my eyes were getting a little a, a little Dusty. moist watching One Shining Moment. Allergies. Uh, yeah, yeah. Aller- <laughs> big-time allergies all of a sudden inside my house. So it's it's awesome. It's special. It's fun. And, and everything about this tournament, all the elements of it are, are great. And, and today, we, we want to focus on, you know, ultimately UConn winning. But, but if we go back to even as this tournament began, we were looking at the bracket wondering – are any of these teams great? And I think a lot of the discussion was based on, well, anybody can win, you know, a lot of parity in college basketball. And in some ways, you know, the conversation was, there are no great teams, but then there were analysts trying to convince us that, no, 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 Purdue is great. Purdue, you know, they should go do it. Alabama should, should be great. They should, they should make this happen. Houston, in their, in their hometown, uh, where they're hosting the, hosting the Final Four, Yep. They should be there. They, they, should, they should make a run. And, and so you and I, as we filled out our brackets, you know, I thought, oh, well, Duke's great. I, I watched Duke this year. They're great. They can, they can go to the championship. All those teams let us down. All yep. those teams fell short. All those teams, they didn't live up to expectations. They didn't live up to the hype. Purdue, not so much. You lost to FDU. <laughs> uh, Duke, uh, you weren't tough enough. Uh, Alabama, San Diego State's defense, too much for your offense. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and all these, you know, 60, what do we, what do we have? 67 other teams. 68, maybe. Sport. Yeah. Maybe 96 in the future. That's right. So that's right. No, don't expand it. It's a good number now. <laughs> um, but all those teams ultimately let us down. Yeah. Kansas defending champs, most quad one wins in the country this year. Couldn't get out of the first weekend. And they were great last year. Yes. We've seen their greatness before, but not this year. It, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't the case. Yeah, you're right. It was certainly the narrative going into the tournament was to your point. Lots of parity. Who's going to kind of break out? Uh, I did a, a chalk bracket just to see what would happen. Did awful mm. this year. I was like, man, would if I just go chalk every year, is that going to be better? Not even close. No. And there was no way to predict because there was parity. And to your point, there wasn't those couple of teams that were that appeared elite elite think of how many times there were the, the number one team in the country lost this year that, that was just a, 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 a rotating a system of who's going to be number one this week who's going to be number one this week and of course all of them ended up letting us down in the tournament and we kept trying to uh, cling to or or hope that well, oh no, no, Purdue, Purdue's really this good. Alabama, I mean, they're they're man, Brandon Miller, like this, this is this guy's awesome. Like, they, no, this is this is great. Yeah. And then they fell short, and mm-hmm. they didn't show up, and they didn't they didn't deliver. You know, even teams like some of the two seeds, Arizona, Marquette, Texas, yes. uh, UCLA. You know, people like those teams even going in and try to convince themselves. Oh yeah, they're they're going to deliver. They're going to. Yep. This is their year. And sure enough, that wasn't the case. And so all along, though, there was UConn. Right in front of our eyes, UConn was this great team. And they even, in in many ways, they revealed it in the regular season. We overlooked it then. And then going into the tournament, 
So in our unpacking it uh, pool, we had 66 brackets. Only one picked UConn to win, and that was Henry. And and so for the most part, we all oh, and there's a handful that that even thought he UConn was the could, only one that picked UConn to win it all. That's right. Wow. Oh, that's it. So huh. so everybody overlooked o- overlooked UConn. They didn't they didn't see it. And game one domination. Round the next round domination. Every round throughout this tournament, they separated themselves from their opponent. Yep. They won convincingly. I'll admit this. I barely watched UConn in the tournament. And you know why? Because the game was always over. It was <laughs> over before it started. By the time I would fi- you know, finish another game, it's like, oh, let me, let me you know, head over to the, the UConn game. No, it's over. They've, they've, yeah. they've pulled away. It's, it's, they're, they're too good. And they kept getting better. To think yes. that yes, they did. how easily they beat Drew, Timmy, and Gonzaga. Uh, that was ugly. It's like they have a great starting five. And then they bring their bench players onto the court and they just get better. The depth is there. The coaching, they have no weaknesses. It doesn't appear as such. They can defend on the interior. They can defend on the wing. They can score from three. They can score from down low. They have depth. They have guys that know their roles perfectly. It is is such a well-oiled machine that it is... Because they kind of had a stretch in the Big East where they lost some games. And to only finish fourth in the Big East is kind of shocking. But you're right. In hindsight, you look back and it's it's kind of clear. This team's built to dominate the NCAA tournament. Because where are they truly weak? It's really hard to say. No, there, no other team could compare to them this year. And that's what was so interesting with that narrative. It was like, oh, there's no great teams. No, this UConn team is great, even compared to some of the great teams of the past. You know, I remember that, I hate to admit this as a Duke fan, but that UNC team with Tyler Hansbrough was great, and they dominated the tournament. And actually, that tournament ended up not even being that great. What was nice about this tournament is we got a lot of the upsets. It was fun. We, we got a lot of good games. But all along the way, UConn revealed their greatness. They were mm-hmm. unstoppable. Their, their, their defense, like we talked about earlier, was uh, elite. Their size very few teams could match their size. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so uh, they reminded us ultimately how great they are now, but also a reminder of how great this program has been mm-hmm. since 1999 to, yep. to win their fifth championship. And so I read this on CBSSports.com. So UConn finishes the season with a 17-point win, giving it 17 wins on the season against non-Big East foes, wow. all of which came by double figures. In the process, it became the first team of the modern era to win all six NCAA tournament games by at least a 13-point margin. So, you know, we we talked about how, uh, you know, parity and, and, oh, there's not really a big gap between teams. UConn separated themselves, and there's no denying it. It's it's undeniable. They were the best team this year. Uh, and and they're they're really an all time all time great team too. It, it really is true because some years it's the national championship game is really close to final four teams. Like last year, UNC Kansas. Like is Kansas way better than UNC? No, UNC was was playing great last year, and talent wise, it was pretty similar. You look at this UConn team. I, I was trying to think of uh, other teams that we've seen dominate. You think of Jay Wright's twenty eighteen Villanova team, loaded. Very good. Dominated that. And it's clearly, you look at their team, it's okay. They got NBA players. 
They're in a, a league of their own. That's what UConn was. You look at their roster and the way they play, it's not even close. Like, there are good teams that have elite players. But then you look at UConn, where across the board, they can dominate you. It is so impressive. It is. And so, as we parallel this to our, our own lives and, and, and to the Bible, I really want to focus on this kind of aspect of their greatness being overlooked and how all of our attention, you know, we mentioned 66 brackets. Our attention was on Alabama and Duke and Purdue and all these other teams. And then all along, you no, know, UConn's the best team. And, and so in life, all too often, we pick things other than God to bring us happiness that, that we think are going to be great. We think that having a lot of money is going to be great. We think that even vacations and power and, and you know, you fill in the blank for, for, for all of us of, of what these things are that, that our attention is on and that we elevate and we think, Oh no, th- th- this is going to be great. This is going to be great. And then what happens like Purdue lets us down like Duke doesn't live up to the hype. Like Marquette doesn't live up to expectations. Th- th- they fall short. Money, sex, power, you know, you f- the, the classics. These are the classics. We talk about it all. We hear about it, but we still chase them. We still, we still put it on our bracket that this is, oh, this is going to deliver. This is going to be the, the this is going to bring me victory in life. No, it's, it's, it falls short. And all along, God's greatness wins. God, God's greatness surpasses all of these other idols, all of these other things that we pick and chase and, and, and put our attention to. God is unstoppable. He's dominant. He's, he's the best. He's the greatest. All of those things. But unfortunately, sometimes we overlook it. We don't see it. And, and, and our attention is, is on all these other things. Yeah, it, it's a great <clears throat> analogy because when you look at Scripture, both in the Old and New Testament, the, the command to flee from idolatry is mm. everywhere. This, this idea that we are constantly distracted or are fixated, obsessed with other things at the neglect of God, as, as people born in sin and in need of a Savior, we do that. You think in the Old Testament, I mean, Ten Commandments, no idols, but then also the amount of times God tells them, through the prophets, flee from idolatry. And then the New Testament, especially in Paul's letters, he is constantly saying, flee from idols. It keeps coming up over and over again, this idea of something in our our sin and our flesh constantly craves things other than God, whether it's actual graven images of created things, or it's anything that takes the place of God. Martin Luther we talks about more. things that our heart cling to instead of God. That's right. Yeah, things that we place as more important, that, that, we, that we love. And, and I, this just hit me as well. Throughout this tournament, I, I wasn't really watching a ton of UConn. But as the tournament went on, I, I witnessed them more and more. And I saw their greatness more and more. And I, and I realized, wow, they, they are separate. They're separating themselves from everything else. And so, you know, for us, you know, as we go through this journey of faith, we're told by the world that, hey, money, power, sex, fame, all these things, like th- that's what's great. 
That, that's what this world's all about. That's what life's all about. That's what's great. But then as we actually open up our eyes and we see God for who he really is, and we begin to see his greatness, we realize more and more, wow, no, he, he is better than all these other things. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he is unstoppable. He is undeniable. His greatness far surpasses anything else. But, but it takes an awareness. It takes you know, us, us looking to him and, and reading his word and experiencing his, his greatness in our own lives, experiencing it, it, it personally. And, and so, unfortunately, we, we do. We get distracted by all these other things. Um, and we're, I, oh, I got to tune in to, to Alabama because everybody told me how great they are. And, and, and we do the same thing. It's like, well, I got to put my, all my attention on, on making money because that's, that's what everybody tells me is the, that's the way to go. That's, that's the best. Eh, man, that, that, Alabama, not, that, I wasn't that impressed with Alabama. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's, you know, to God, in God and his mercy and his grace, reveals to us how great he is. I mean, just the idea that we have the Word of God is amazing. God, who is transcendent, who is outside of time, outside of creation, he is creator, he has made himself imminent to us and revealed himself, which is incredible. I mean, how often do we take that for granted, that we even know who our creator is, and we can have a relationship with him? But... He also is so gracious and merciful to reveal himself and his power and his greatness to those who are pursuing idols or who are distracted or may have forgotten. I mean, think of how God rescued Israel from slavery in Egypt, the the plagues. Those first couple plagues, you know, the sorcerers and magicians kind of copied or mirrored it. But then as the plagues went on, (laughs) Pharaoh starts to see the people of Israel, the people of Egypt start to see Oh, the God of Israel is for real. Uh, he is so far and above anything that we can try to do here. And then, yeah, in our own life is our personal testimonies and experience with God. I think this is why it's so important to to share our stories and how God's impacted our life. Like as you and I talk, or close friends that have that God has really done amazing things in their lives. When we hear that, it's another reminder that oh yeah, the God I serve, the one true God. He is so great. Look at what he did in his life. Look at what he did in her life. And all these reminders of, no, God is for real. And it is not worth being distracted by by idols or anything that takes his place. And and even, you know, you think about UConn. People told us even, you know, the last few weeks as the tournament went on, hey, UConn's really great. Like, this is a great team. They're blowing everybody out. But then we have to experience it for ourselves. We have to tune in for ourselves, yeah, and and to to witness it and 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 watch it. Mm-hmm. Let me let me share a couple of verses here. Um, Psalm one forty five three, great is the Lord and highly to be praised, and His greatness is so vast and profound as to be unsearchable, incomprehensible to man. And and so that's in the Amplified version. And so in many ways, we can't even comprehend how great he is. We get, we get a glimpse of his glory. We get a, a, a glimpse of his, of his power, and it even far surpasses that. And, and so that leads us to, to worship and awe and, and, and praise uh, of him. Um, and then you look at Isaiah 42.8. He says, I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else, nor share my praise with carved idols. 
Psalm 96.4, great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. And lastly, Psalm 147.5, great is our majestic and mighty Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is inexhaustible, infinite, boundless. And, and so I hope as we you know, reflect back on UConn and we use words like dominant and unstoppable, uh, that, that we actually think about you know, real powerful, strong words to, to describe God and what his word reveals, um, to think about uh, you know, just matchless and, and, and worthy and infinite and boundless and abundant. That's who, that's who our God is. That's who our creator is. And, and, and to your point, Luke, we get to know him personally. And we get to experience him uh, for ourselves. Yeah, I think you make a great point on it's it's different hearing about how UConn's been dominating and then actually watching the games and seeing, wow, every phase of this game of basketball, they are dominating. And it's it's so clear that they're better. And it's the same thing. We have We have access to experiencing the greatness of God through his word through prayer, through time with God's people in our local churches. I mean, God is faithful to draw near to those who seek him. He's not, you know, come and get me type of thing. I, I dare you to try to find me. No, he is eager to draw near to sinners who need a Savior. He desires to save, and we can experience him if we seek after him. He's faithful to do that. So let's, let's not just stop at hearing about how other people are experiencing God. And, you know, God's doing great things in other people's lives. He can do great things in our life. We can experience that, too. We can experience his greatness, yes. And, and so as we do kind of think about, okay, these other teams that, that we were uh, thinking about or, or drawn to, and, oh, yeah, Purdue, Alabama, Houston, all these, these teams, and, and idols are, are real in our lives. There, there, there's no question. We're, we're drawn to these, these things of this, this world. And so it is a battle. And so I, I want us to focus on God's greatness today, but I also want to acknowledge and recognize that, that, that it's tough. It's a, it is a, a day in day out battle for us to figure out what is going to be most important to us and, and how are we going to, to spend our time and, and attention and affections? What are our affections toward? And, and what are we, what are we desiring most and, and, and picking <laughs> back to the brackets? What are we picking the most? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm picking the, the pursuit of, of money or success. And I go back to those two things. Cause I think, especially in America, that's, that's what we've been trained and, and that's just what it is. That's, that's what draws a lot of us, um, away. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, we can sometimes experience money and success uh, along the way if God blesses us in, in that in that way, but not at the expense of prioritizing Him and and Him being the you know the master passion of our hearts and and our greatest our greatest desire and 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 recognizing wait no He is the greatest He is the best yeah and I think it's important to consider for our own lives what are those idols because because if you're listening it may be it may be hard to think, you know, what is an idol in my life? No, I follow Jesus. Or and you think about these things, but many of us probably haven't bowed down or worshipped wooden figurines or idols. Hmm. Some have. That still happens, but probably not as common as it was 
like we read in the Old Testament. However, as we think about idols, anything that replaces God in our hearts, I think a, a practical way to think about, yeah, as I think you make a great point, we should think about the greatness of God, but also consider and look inward and see, where are idols in my life? One way to do that is examine where does most of my time and money go to? Spending your time and money typically goes go goes toward the things that we love and cherish most, the things that our hearts cling to. That's a, that's a practical way to, to self-analyze and evaluate. You know what? What does my heart cling to more than God? What do I spend most of my money on? What do I spend most of my time on? And is it at the expense of... Uh, money spent on the kingdom of God and God's purposes and will, and time spent on that as well. And why do I think those things are so great? Hmm. You know, why, why, why did I overlook UConn's greatness and thought that, that Duke was great? You know, why, why is that? And so we have to look, look into our hearts a little bit and ask God to, to kind of reveal that. Well, why am I so attached to this or that? Or why am I placing such an emphasis on, on those things? And, and even comparing it to, to Kansas, your team, you know, Kansas was great last year. And, and some of these things, they can be great even for a while. Like, it's great to have money for a while. It's great to go on vacation for a while. And it, it's, it's, it's great to, uh, whatever, fill in the blank. There's things that we experience for a while, but, but they're temporary. And mm-hmm. we know this. We know it deep down. If we, if we truly admit it, we know that those things don't fully satisfy. They let us down. They don't deliver. They don't live up to the hype. They don't live up to the expectations. And so we have to, to remind ourselves of that because we'll get drawn back in. Well, I got to go chase this again because it's great. It was great. Remember how great it was? No, it wasn't that great. It was, it was fine. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that great. God's greater. God's got greater things for us. Let, let, let's put our attention toward him, experience him, uh, above all else and let those things kind of, you know, just fall by the wayside or, or have their proper place in our lives. Yeah. I, I think that's a great reminder. Um, asking the why, why am I pursuing this idol and using that language? It is an idol. Let's call it what it is. Uh, I have a, a, a mentor of mine. He talks about when we're not experiencing fellowship with God in a certain area, it really comes down to a, a belief issue. What are we believing about God that is not true? Or what are we not believing about God that is true? Mm. So w- if we're pursuing idols, now at the end of the day, even as followers of Jesus, our hearts, a- as we still live in a fallen world and our sinful bodies, we're going to be tempted to pursue idols. We're, it, we're never going to be perfect in uh full-on rejecting times of, of pursuing idols. Now, overall, we want the pattern of our life to be following Jesus, no doubt. But we need to think, are there things about God that we are believing that are not true? And it's causing us to try to look elsewhere. That we, that, that's something that we really need to consider, because we may take for granted, no, yeah, I believe God's powerful. Oh, I believe God is love. Yeah, no, I believe Jesus loves me. But what, a, what about the idol that you're pursuing really is a statement, an indictment on a lack of a belief of something important about God? Wow. And being in awe of his greatness and, and, and allowing that to 
motivate us and, and live that life of, of worship of, of him, of his, of his greatness. And it changes, it changes our perspective on all those things too. When our, when our, when we put him in his proper place. So we'll, we'll end with this verse. Once again, Psalm 147, five, great is our majestic and mighty Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is inexhaustible, infinite, boundless. So good stuff, Luke. Awesome tournament. I hate that it's over, but we get to hopefully do it again next year. And actually, once it was taken away that that one year from the pandemic, we appreciate it even more. We know oh, that it can be taken away. No so doubt. I'm thankful yes. for yet another tournament. Shout out to Jim Nance. We'll, we'll miss him on the uh, on the call for sure. Mm. Uh, we, yeah, we we love Jim Nance here at, at unpacking it. Uh, friend of the friend of the show. Um, <laughs> so uh, he's a friend as he as he ended last night. Uh, he thanked all of us as friends. So we are his friends. Thank so, you, Jim, so for thanking me. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> um, but congrats to UConn. As much as I hate that now they're they're tied with Duke. And and so uh, it's not great. It's not great. But they they showed their greatness. There's no question about it. Uh, so I hope that you were encouraged today uh, to consider God's greatness uh, in your life. And and just uh, let, let, let's not chase these idols. They let us down. They, they do. They don't deliver. Uh, only one. Only one delivers. And, and, and his... Name is Jesus, so let's uh, let's cling to him, follow him. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Enjoy the Easter celebration. Uh, that's what it's all about. So have a wonderful week, and we will talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast.